0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the For the Love of Sports podcast. My name is Ian Vissera, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by an alumni of Bryant University. I'm sure it's a little bit weird for him to be called that now, but I'm joined by Billy Gordonstein, a former member of the Bryant Frisbee team over there. And when Billy was a sophomore over at Bryant in 2018, the boys brought home a national title, the first for for the Bulldogs over there. So I want Billy to come on and just talk about the fact that he's a national champion. If you listen to any of our broadcasts over there at Bryant, throughout the year you might have tuned into one of our swim broadcasts where i was you know doing play-by-play alongside billy as the color (laughs) analyst and i introduced him as a national champion and so that's kind of where the idea for having billy on the podcast that wasn't even a thing yet but that's you know just where i wanted to kind of get that story told about billy about that bryant university team very special job winning a national title so billy thanks for coming on and how are you
1: yeah i'm i'm great thank you so much for having me yeah you, you mentioned you know about a week ago, you're like, yeah, hey, I want to get you on the podcast, get you talking about Ultimate. I was like, yeah, you know, you know me, absolutely. I mean, of course, I want to talk especially about the national championship, not one to not bring that up. Uh, so That's again, right. thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: No problem. Got to relive the glory days. So Billy, yeah. in case you didn't know, or for anyone listening to this episode, we have two national championships um, in a row. So Last episode I had was Tyler Dyson of the Washington Nationals. He just got picked last year in the June draft 2019. He won a national title in 2017. So he beat you to it. He was a member of the Gators, and he was actually the game winning pitcher in the College World Series in game oh, two wow. when the Gators won that. Yeah. So, you know, we had one national champion on talking about college baseball. Now we have another national champion on talking about, you know, ultimate. So it's the best of both worlds here, just going from national champ to national champ. We set the bar pretty high here in the For the Love of Sports
1: podcast. Hey, and uh, good things coming three, so you gotta start planning your third national champion in a row right now.
0: Yeah, that's right. I gotta get on it. You know, I, I can I can pull a couple strings. We'll see what we can't do for that. But yeah. no, I'm very ex- I'm very excited for this episode. I think it'll be very interesting for people listening, just because one. There's going to be a lot of people listening, Billy, who don't know the first thing about Ultimate Frisbee. They're going to think, you know, Frisbee is just kids tossing it out on the quad at college. That's sort of stereotypical, you know, people running with their shoes off, you know, just kind of being lazy, whatever else the case may be, but not even realizing what the sport of Ultimate is and kind of the grind that it really is on a given day. You know, when you're out there at tournaments playing three, four, five games in a day, waking up at six in the morning to, you know, go and start your drive out to a tournament. So I think it's going to be very eye-opening for people who don't know, too too much about ultimate. And so again, what better person to have on than a national champion?
1: Yeah, hey, again, thank you so much. And yeah, I no, I agree with you right there. Uh I think ultimate in general gets a bad rap. Like it is a it's a challenging sport and and really does take a lot out of you physically. Uh definitely not a a, a mentally tough game that like as tough as golf, you know. That one will get you. Mm-hmm but uh but it definitely is like you know tougher than people think, a lot of strategy involved, and uh you know fun time, obviously, but can be as competitive as you know your typical sports mm-hmm.
0: definitely, and so Billy, before we get into ultimate. Um, a little bit. Let's talk about yourself. So, your love for sports, obviously, you're a big sports guy. Before we were, you know, recording this episode, we were talking about the NBA playoffs, the Celtics, what's going to happen there. Um, you know, all of your work over at Bryant, you worked for me over at the Bryant Sports Network, did a great job with producing, directing, getting up the graphics, did a great job over there in your four years at Bryant. You. So, you've kind of had, you know, sports in your background, in your blood. Just sort of where did that love for sports come from?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't pin it down to like one specific memory, but, you know, I, grew up in a pretty big sports town. So, you know, I played t-ball early. I played youth soccer early. Um, And I think I just loved the the competitiveness and the just running around like a young kid. Obviously, I want to just run around and, and have fun. So sports were the best way to do that. And then, you know, a bunch stuck with me, like definitely dropped some sports here and there. I became like huge into baseball. Like baseball was my number one sport. I was, you know, gonna make. I was gonna make it to the big leagues in baseball, like uh, all this stuff as a young kid. Uh, and then I started playing basketball. I said, "All right, screw baseball. I'm playing basketball year <laughs> round." <laughs> so I was quick to to switch out of that one. Um, and you know, then eventually ultimate came around. But I think we'll I can get into that a little more depth in a bit. And so Billy, obviously, I'm going to assume the
0: national title for Bryant in Ultimate Frisbee is the pinnacle of your athletic career, just the height of that, which we'll certainly get into later. But if you had to pick another moment, so whether it was pre-college, maybe in high school, or even if you want to pick an intramural, if there was a top moment for you there at Bryant, you know, Little League, whatever the case may be, but did you have one favorite sports memory for you that stands out as a player?
1: That is a tough one. Um, It is really hard to think, you know, past past uh my national championship but uh, I remember baseball I think it was fifth grade um yeah no it was definitely fifth grade we were I was on like the long lawn, my long was like travel team but we were on like the the quote-unquote b team uh like they just had enough players try out to like all right we'll, we'll form another team with all the people that were like on the cusp Uh, So I was on that team and we were nasty. We were just the underdogs tearing up the league and like beat our fellow other town team, like crushed them like twice. Uh, And then with that baseball team, we got into like the state championship, which I think they marketed to us as fifth graders as the state championship. But it was, you know, probably just like a Western mass championship, but we won it anyways. And it was awesome. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Used to, used to winning, and I love, I love to win. Hate to lose.
0: There you go. Hey, that's that's what it's all about to me. So I'm very competitive myself. So, Billy, let's get into it now. So Ultimate Frisbee, where did you start playing this game? How did this happen? Did you start at Bryant? Did your career begin before you became a Bulldog? Talk to me about the decision for you to join and become a member of Ultimate Frisbee.
1: Yeah, so, I you know, I started playing competitive Ultimate my sophomore year of high school, but... I, you know, learned how to throw a disc at uh, my summer camp, in first year there was 2008, so I probably learned in 2008 uh, when I was, like, 10, 12, I, I don't know, no, definitely not 12, probably around 10, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I learned around then, um, like, the camp was, like, huge into the Ultimate Frisbee, so, you know, they had the that afternoon class, so I started, you know, picking the disc up early, and, you know, I don't remember when I started taking it more seriously, but uh, sophomore year was the first year I wasn't able to play, uh, you know, AAU basketball. So of high school. So I was like, all right, uh, you know, I'm going to go out for the ultimate frisbee team. Um, and, you know, I was talking with like the captain before and, and you know, we would go to, I'd go to like the pickup games and all that. Um, but yeah, so I started in high school, sophomore year, playing competitively. I was a cutter at first. Um, so do you want me to go into positions right now? or Yeah, get into
0: it a little bit. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so generally on offense for ultimate, there are two uh, positions. There are handlers and there are cutters. The handlers predominantly are the ones throwing the disc, looking upfield more like the quarterbacks, and the cutters are facing the handlers. <laughs> the cutters are That's facing me. the handlers. Uh you know, running, running towards the disc or, or, you know, away if they're cutting deep, they're the ones getting open to get the disc. And so I was a cutter at first. I was like good enough to throw like as a handler, but they just wanted me as a cutter. Um, So I did that. And then finally senior year of high school, I was, uh, I was handling. And, uh, you know, we never, I think we won like one tournament in my three years. Of, of uh high school so we probably played 10 tournaments a year so like around 30 tournaments and one maybe one so was not used to winning in an ultimate <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh you know I I knew I wanted to play in college um didn't really care where like would have loved for it to be a school that was good uh and ended up coming to Bryant and you know after doing that like figured out hey they're pretty good at ultimate so i was really excited about that um and then me and two of my other buddies that i played with and on the high school team also coming to bryant uh and one of them jake he had class with the coach like his first day of classes so he talked with him and we all went out to like the very first practice the three of us and it was just perfect fit right away like we were already you know good enough like to to make it make a difference and not saying like our team was bad where a couple freshmen can come in and make a difference, but you know, we, we were good we were good freshmen and uh and you know we clicked right away. That year was uh my freshman year we were supposed to be really good. We were uh of, like number one seed again at nationals. Uh that was like their second straight year doing that. Um, and we're really good. I was like third string hamler, but, uh, yeah, I mean, knew I was going to play in college just a bit. <laughs> knew I was going to play in college and, you know, got, got really excited when the team was going to be, was good. And well, it worked out, worked out real well so far. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And so, Billy, based on that answer, I have so many follow up questions for you. So, first yeah, off, please where, direct me. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. So, where did you go to high school that you had an ultimate frisbee team? Because, you know, that's not something you see yeah. you know, a lot of high schools having. So, where did you go that you actually had a team? You know, you guys aren't just playing pickup games amongst yourselves after school. Where were you that you actually pl- were able to play in high school and do so competitively?
1: Yeah. So, I went to Longmeadow Meadow High School out in Western Massachusetts outside of Springfield, Mass. And we, you know, got to play other high schools that had a team in our area. So that's Northampton. Uh, we went up to like Greenfield, Mass, to play a little school called Four Rivers. That was really good. Uh, and then, of course, Amherst, Amherst, Mass, where Ultimate Frisbee was invented. Uh, and that school, is, they just breed Ultimate players. They start in like middle school, they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're first, their their first best team is like always a top high school team in the country um so we got to play them a lot that was always a challenge um never beat them uh, no we yeah we never beat them which uh, was tough but uh, i guess ultimate regret no nah, god no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about high school ultimate <laughs> it was fun it was good but it was nothing compared to college um and yeah i mean i was lucky enough to to play at a, a state massachusetts in general has a lot of uh, ultimate Frisbee high school uh, teams, you know, there was a state championship every year with the top 20 teams. And that was awesome to be able to ha- have that like type of competitiveness and in, in high school ultimate where, you know, it, it, like you said at the beginning, it gets a bad rap, but like it was a competitive sport, especially in Massachusetts.
0: And so Billy, something else you mentioned um, in that answer earlier when you were talking about how you got into ultimate to begin with. So learning how to throw. So that's, that's such a big thing for, you know, ultimate and people who don't realize that. So again, like you're not just sitting out there, you know, you know, on, on the quad with a beer, or like playing can jam or something one handed. Like it's not just you're flicking it backhand and the Frisbee is going to, you know, tilt down and maybe go and hit the can or something like that. When we're talking like learning how to throw, you need to be able to throw backhand, which is, you know, how most people throw the Frisbee. And also yeah. you need to be able to throw with the forehand with that flick and it's two very, you know, two very different throws. You can do, you know, a couple other fancy things in there as well, but to be able to do those things when we're talking, like most people, when you're throwing a Frisbee, so, you know, you got big loops that go to them and, you know, it's, you can kind of play the wind and that's how you're going to make your throw. But when you're playing ultimate, you need to be able to play through the wind, make, you know, your pass be as straight as possible for the most part, unless you're trying to curve it on purpose, you know, you really need precision passing. If you're playing, you know, at your best, it, it should look like a basketball, you know, three man weave, you know, five man weave, something like that when you're out there, it should be moving around all the time and things like that. And definitely when I when I tweet out this episode and everything like that and post it up, I'm gonna put in a couple of clips from, you know, your national title game. Yeah, and kind of just show do. yeah, and I gotta show the people how the dish c- should be moving because you definitely need that visual if you haven't actually seen ultimate being played, because again, you can't just throw backhand the whole time you need to be able to throw with the forehand with the flick and be able to, you know, go back and forth on those two things.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, a lot more uh, difficult than people think, uh, especially when, you know, they get out there, just even throwing around with, with wind and just a little bit of defense, you know, you got to be able to do whatever you want with the disc because the defense is going to do whatever they can to stop you. Um, so it does take a lot of practice, which, you know, I'm happy. I was a handler, like a tough position, but it was, you know, it was awesome. It was awesome to be able to just run the offense.
0: And so for me, Billy, when I started playing ultimate, I didn't play until I was a freshman in college over at Stonehill. And so I knew kind of going into school, I wasn't going to play any NCAA sports, but I knew I still wanted to do something, you know, competitive enough and, you know, be a part of a team because especially, you know, a lot of athletes, if you're not playing at that. You know, next level, it's definitely something that if you've been playing sports since you're four or five years old, and then to not play something all of a sudden, it's definitely different. And so for me, going out there, you know, playing for the first time, which is great. Frisbee, you can kind of just go, you know, sign up, do your thing. And so for me, I didn't never really throw a Frisbee all that much. So for me, my whole freshman year was like learning how to throw. And it's just like, that takes so long. And it just takes so many repetitions and just getting those reps in to throw. Fortunately enough, I was fast enough so I could make an impact on defense and cutting a little bit. But just, again, that practice. So for you starting at such an early age, how beneficial for you was that, you know, in your career progressing as an ultimate player when you started off as a cutter to becoming a handler by the end of your, you know, high school career to then going into college and being like, all right, I can run the show.
1: Yeah. um, Kind of like what you just said, where you were fast enough, you didn't really need to to throw that well, yeah, I wasn't fast enough. <laughs> so, so I knew I, I knew I was going to need to learn how to throw if I wanted to you know play that sport. Um, no, I mean obviously it helped at an early age. Like I, you know, being a, I was throwing since I was ten. Like to throw a back end and a flick since I was like ten or eleven. That's a huge huge advantage over like ninety percent of ultimate players. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, like that was definitely a big advantage. Uh, being able to do that. But you know, I don't know why I started, you know, as a cutter. I think we just had a lot of handlers already. So they were just tossing me a cutter and like they didn't want to sub out. So I was a cutter and I was fine at uh, like I said, like not really, you know, super fast. But I you know, I learned how to cut to the open space and how to just break down my defender like a little bit better than usual. And so, you know, that really helped when I became a handler, Um, you know, being able to make the strike cuts upfield and, uh, you know, shake my defender for the dump cut, uh, going backwards just to get some yards. Um, So, you know, that cutter experience really helped a lot. Being able to, you know, throw at the beginning helped. Both of those combined just to, to, you know, make me a pretty well-rounded handler. Mm -hmm.
0: and so when we're talking about like cutting and handling and stuff so like you mentioned billy so you know you're the handler you're the one you know the kind of the quarterback out there you know commanding it you know making those throws so basically anytime you know you make that cut then you're trying to get it unless you have that next play up field you're trying to get it back to you know the handler so then he can make that next throw because again those are going to be the players who are the better throwers on the field and again another thing for ultimate when we're talking this you know you're playing on like a soccer size field like football size field like you're playing I don't know the exact numbers, you might off the top of your head, but like I, it's it's a far distance. It's a far distance. Like you're running it's a uh, lot.
1: It's it's 20 yard deep end zones and a 70 yard field in the middle and then 40 yards wide.
0: So you're running you're so if that's quick math, you're running 110 yards, you know, back and forth if you're going end zone to end zone all the yeah. way to the end. So it's a lot of running, and especially yeah. when you're playing ultimate, you're not just playing one game in a day, you're playing numerous games in a day. So those cutters get tired for sure. But yeah. you know, just definitely in terms of Um, you know, just being able to throw, just having that handling ability definitely helped you out um, kind of earlier on. So for you, when you were learning to play ultimate at uh, high school, so did you guys run a horizontal stack, a vertical stack? And for people not listening who might not know, those are kind of the two main offenses you run for Frisbee. So it's a vertical stack. You have your six people lined up and from there you break out, you know, try and make your cut to get open. Whereas the horizontal stack, it's exactly what you would imagine it. The other six people or four people, however many, you know, handlers you have back with them kind of across, and you're kind of, you know, going like an engine, going back and forth, up and down, trying to find the open spot in a defense. So was it helpful for you to kind of, you know, I don't know, in high school, did you guys just use, you know, one of those stacks, or did you mix it up, or how did you learn how to play and kind of, you know, command that offense, like you
1: said? Yeah, we were, uh, in high school, mostly vertical staff. Um, So, you know, five cutters lined up vertical line and the two handlers uh, facing them. So we were mostly there and I was mostly, uh, you know, front of the stack where, you know, you technically would have your third handler um, mm-hmm. just because that person is easily available for like a dump pass if the handler needed to get to to an emergency like cutter. Um, but, you know, we played, we played a horizontal stack too. We played them both. Uh, New England especially has a lot of wind. So mm-hmm. a lot of teams on zone. Um, so with zone, you're, on offense you're pretty much lined up in a horizontal stack a host stack so it was uh just easy to like learn it on offense too so if in case a team was coming down zone or man and just switching up we just have that same offense uh the same setup um but yeah you know it was good to learn both and you know both have very different cuts for the cutters and the handlers so Again, like having that cutting experience was awesome because I learned where the open spaces are. And then when I became a handler, I was able to put the disc at those open spaces for my cutters. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Billy, do we hit on all of the kind of the key points of ultimate? So you got the cutter, the handler, the vert stack, the host stack, the dimensions of the field, you're running a lot. Um, when you catch the disc, you can't run. You can only run um, to catch the disc. Once you catch it, you know, it's like a pivot foot in basketball. You're down, then you have to make that next throw. Other than that, you got a defender on you, you have a stall count. Um, if they hit the stall count, it's a turnover. If not, um you just keep going, and that's kind of how they play pressure defense on you, kind of like basketball in terms of they're on the side and you know a nice athletic low defensive stance but uh is that all is that all we need to cover to kind of just get the the general idea of ultimate, or is there anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the gist, but uh you can't can't forget about defense uh, true. can't forget about the zone the zone defense. Um, All right, Billy, we, talk to me then. Yeah, we, uh, Bryan University is known across the country as the team that only plays zone defense. Um, we, towards, towards the end of our, my career, we started playing a little more man, um, but, you know, zone was our specialty, especially, I said that in you know, the last little bit, with the wind up here in New England, the zone defense just helped so much against the wind. Um, so we ran a uh a four-man cup and we had someone marking we had someone next to the guy marking uh and then we had two more just to form like a cup like a circle around the thrower and then we had two wing players and then one deep and you know our deep uh, Austin kelson he uh i'm sorry like the year we won he could cover the whole the whole field in four steps one of the lankiest dudes ever uh, and so having him back there was awesome because then we could just put pressure on the disc on the throwers and uh if you know if you watch the the national championship game, we switch up our zone once we go down around five one uh we switch up our zone to one that we learned on our spring break tournament from Marquette and it's uh it's a, basically. A uh, three, one, uh three, three, one, three, two, one or three, two, three rather, a little hybrid of that, um, and it's just to you want the other team just throwing the disc back and forth, not really gaining any yards and just force them to make a mistake. but uh yeah, our you know our zone defense was important for us winning, even when it wasn't windy out, we'd play it, and that was our downfall sometimes because you can just throw it over the zone with without win. But we we always stuck with it, and it was it was big for our for our team there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, Billy, we'll get into that national title certainly a little bit later on. I've got to keep teasing it throughout the episode, keep the people listening. Yeah. So, before we get into that, I want to just talk to you about sort of the culture over there at Bryant in terms of ultimate frisbee. And so, when you showed up for that first practice, how nervous were you? Because did you know Bryant was good at frisbee going in? Had you already you know learned that they were? One of the top teams in the in the nation for Division three, or did you kind of not know that and you kind of just went in, you know, whatever, and then you kind of saw some of the talent? Where did you think you'd fit in that freshman year?
1: Yeah, so we knew we knew going in that they were good. We knew that they were really good. Um, just came in third at nationals the year before. I think we knew that heading in, um, and so we went in um, obviously nervous. Like we were freshmen, this team just went to nationals for like their second straight year or something. Um, so we uh, actually might've been more than second straight. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know the numbers. We've gone to nationals a lot of years straight, um, but yeah, obviously it was, it was a uh, nerve wracking going in at first, but then, uh, you know, once we started throwing around, I was like, you gotta be confident. So we, you know, we played our game. we, we did our we did our thing. It obviously, impressed them enough to, to, you know, be three of the like four freshmen that made it like before tryouts even happened. Um. So so you know, it was, the team the team was great, very
0: welcoming right away. Billy, what's it like for you guys when you're in season? Because for ultimate, you know, you have a fall season, you have a spring season. Um, and I know you guys are doing stuff kind of all year round over there. But so what is it like for you guys just a typical week in terms of practices and everything you have going on? Because obviously, you know, to get to that national champion level, to make it to nationals every year, you have to put in the work to get there. So what's it like for you just a typical week of Bryant Ultimate?
1: Yeah, uh, like starting off early in the winter, we're lucky enough to to have the the like indoor bubble, the facility. Um, so we have practiced two nights a week there uh, and those practices are like 10 at night to midnight, like during the, a weekday. So, you know, right away, you got to, you know, show your commitment to that. And it's, you know, a tough hour, obviously, especially if you have, you know, a morning class the next day. But step one and, you know, wanting to make the A team is showing your commitment to that, showing up to practices. Um, so that was, you know, that was tough having those practices super late. But then uh, you get into, you know, once it warms up we're allowed out on the field, we have practice every day from 3.30 to, to 5 o'clock, uh, an hour and a half every day. And then two, two nights a week, we have lift in our, you know, our facility, our strength and conditioning center over there. And another thing, like our, our team, you know, we pride ourselves on going there and working hard. We've won the like, strength and conditioning team award twice, I believe. Because, um, you know, we want to put the work in. We want to be the only team, in the only D3 ultimate team in the country that's, you know, putting in that extra work in the gym. So, you know, we do that and practice every day. And besides that, you know, we, you know, weekends, we don't do anything, but, you know, we urge our, our guys to work out, to run, to go throw together. Whenever you get the time, just go throw together, keep practicing. So it's tough during those practices. We'll run, we'll, we'll, you know, scrimmage. If we hit, we're playing well, we'll do drills, but, you know, it is a lot of work and every day, of week, every day of the week,
0: for me, anyways, kind of over at Stonehill. It's, mu- it's much more relaxed and stuff. So we had practice, you know, during the season. So two times a week, you know, it's two, two and a half hours, whatever the heck it is, each practice. But, you know, we are just normal college kids. So, you know, we were more of, you know, a drinking team that played frisbee rather than you guys are a frisbee team that is super, super committed to frisbee and everything over there. Um, I think that shows.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I think again, you might so have to switch it around. M- maybe. But again, We're so a drinking at that, team that's really good at frisbee.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what frisbee teams are. But anyways, but still to put in that work, like you were saying, so five times a week with practice, you know, lift twice a week. How many other you know D three teams in the country you think yeah. are doing that?
1: Yeah, no, not, not many. Especially you know that's why we really want the commitment and those early winter practices. You know, around midnight in the in the you know our indoor facility because no other team. Is being able to do that. No other team up north has the, that, you know, indoor facility. They're probably practicing in like their basketball gym and not being able to, you know, fully play. So that's mm-hmm. that's a big that's a big factor. So you know, you you got to show the commitment to all of that, and it is, you know, it is tough every day a week, and it is big commitment.
0: And how tough of a commitment, like you were saying, is that for you? Because again, you're not like an NCAA athlete. You're not getting scholarship money to play club ultimate frisbee. But again, if you want to play and you want to be a part of that team be a part of something special which you guys clearly had over there you have to put in that work you have to be able to show you're committed to show up the practice each and every day so how hard was it for you to balance you know just being a student being a normal college kid while also having you know that kind of extra responsibility that most other kids don't have, you know, some other kids, you know, they have a job like you also did at the Bryant sports network, you know, they're doing other things. They're trying to manage a whole lot of other things, but to know that you had that each and every day, did that make it easier kind of having it built in your schedule or was it, you know, sometimes a little bit harder because, you know, it is such a big commitment.
1: No, it was super easy for me. You know, that was the best part of my day being able to go to practice, run around and throw a disc. So uh, very easy to right away, you know, first semester picking classes like after you know the freshman year spring um i was you know building my my class schedule around ultimate practice and you know trying to figure out early what what time lift is going to be so i can avoid you know night classes then um so you know it was pretty easy to to work around that and you know i was fortunate enough that my schedule ended up working out perfectly along with you know not missing practices but you know obviously we're we're not going to turn away someone who, you know, has the classes and has a test the next day and needs to study. We're, we're not going to you know, be a dick about it and, and cut them because of that. But, you know, if they show commitment otherwise, yeah, it's, it's good stuff showing the commitment through that tough schedule.
0: Definitely. And I think that's something that's kind of nice about ultimate in terms of that, the fact that you just are a club sport and stuff. So, you know, if other life stuff kind of does get in the way, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. If you're not there like one time or whatever, you know, the case may be, it's nice that you kind of have that balance of you are kind of a committed athlete in a sense, but at the end of the day, you know, you're still a student first and you have, you know, the luxury of the fact that you don't have all that pressure of an NCAA sport.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's nice not having the, the full you know, NCAA restrictions. It just being a club sport definitely has its perks.
0: Definitely, that's for sure. So, Billy, earlier you mentioned the fact that, you know, you and a couple of the other guys, you know, a couple of the freshmen make that A-team right away. You felt very welcome with the guys. So what's the culture? We've kind of talked about it in terms of, what the work ethic is like when you guys are at the field and everything like that. But what was it like for you to try and, you know, bond with some of the guys? Just how did that kind of happen for you? Did it happen, you know, at the field? Was it away from the field as well? Just sort of, how did you become a part of that team other than just, you know, being a member of it at practice and things like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a start at practice, you know, bonding on the field and like in between, between drills. I mean, that's where, you know, we met the guys. That's where we, we, you know, learned about them and all all that and got to play with them and so yeah it translated uh, off the field we very you know very early on we're we're going out with them at night and uh you know just having a good time with everyone and we were lucky enough to have you know very welcoming welcoming upper class as well as freshmen um especially with with uh you know being in the club sport so always got to hang out with them go down to their townhouses like whenever um so you know very welcoming team That's you know all you can say about it you know if we <laughs> if we like you you're, you'll get involved somehow
0: all right billy so we've talked a lot about now so the culture of the team everything like that the work that you guys put in during the week you know kind of bonding and stuff off the field as well but so when you get to it you know when it's game day when you have those tournaments just talk to me about what it's like you know being a member of that brian team going out there for a tournament you know I got to imagine you guys are going into every single tournament thinking, all right, we're going to win this. We're going to go through, you know, just run train and do our thing, go undefeated because that's what we do because we're Brian Ultimate. So he just talked to me about that. Oh, I remember what I was going to ask. We had to pause for a minute because I forgot what I was going to ask. So we talk <laughs> about the NCAA and sort of the fact that, you know, if you're you know a student athlete like that, you have a lot of expectations. You know, even if you are just, you know, an NEC athlete, you know, a lower division one athlete, you're still a division one player. So with the fact that, like you mentioned, coming into – your Bryant ultimate career, you know, they had made nationals for a couple of years in a row. Obviously when you were there, you won and continued to, you know, make it to nationals. So did you ever feel that pressure being like, we have to live up to who we are as a team because, you know, we are a very good team and things like that. And, you know, whether it's maybe not other teams expecting you guys to always be good, but you guys expecting that of yourselves. So was there ever sort of that pressure to, you know, live up to the Bryant ultimate standard or was it just go out there and have fun and hopefully it takes care of the rest?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I don't think it was too much pressure. Like, obviously we, we had that in mind. Like we didn't want to let our alumni down. Like we were also lucky enough to have a strong alumni, alumni group and connections there. Um, so, you know, we didn't want to let them down at all. Uh, so like you said, you know, we're Brian ultimate, you know, we should go into this game. We should play our game and we should come out with a win. Um, and, you know, obviously that's cocky, but you know, that's truly what we believe. We, you know, we're thought we were more athletic than everyone else. Thought we were better at throwing. Thought we could play our game better. So, that's what we believed when we went into games. And, yeah, definitely didn't want to let uh, let the alumni down. That's, you know, <laughs> after freshman year, we lost like our eight starting – eight starting players. Uh, to, They were all seniors. And so, you know, we, they made that goal. We made that goal like at the end of that season that we were just going to make it back to nationals. That was our goal, just to make it back again. And so, you know, we got towards, you know, middle of spring season, middle of our season. We're like, Hey, we're actually like really good. We can, we can just go out and win this thing. So, you know, we just turned it up, you know, started working extra hard and sure enough, you know, came out with the, the national championship W there, but it all stems to, you know, wanting to make the alumni proud.
0: And so how did that happen for you? Cause that's crazy. That's something I definitely didn't know coming into this interview. So, you know, you guys lost basically. So all your starters, you lost. How did you guys become better from that? Cause it's not like you lost, oh, your best player. And he was clearly your best player, whatever that is. Maybe you even did, but just the fact that you lost so many guys having that much depth through it too. So it's not like you're, you know, all right, like we lost one or two guys. Yeah, they were good for us. We can kind of, you know, piece around this, you know, if this guy, you know, improves, you know, freshman and sophomore year, sophomore and junior year or whatever else the case may be trying to, you know, piece it from there, but to lose all those guys and then get better and somehow win it. How the hell did that happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, we probably lost, uh, six, maybe of our top 10, uh, something, like something like that. Um, and so yeah, that was that was tough. One being like the reigning defensive player of the year, and like one of the best player, one of the top two best players I've ever seen. Luckily, the other one is also on our team. But yeah, uh, it, you know, it was tough, and that's you know part of the reason why like you know I didn't get too much time freshman year. I mean I did, but didn't get you know starting minutes, time start starting uh, amount of points. But um, you know I was gonna, I knew I was gonna have to step up, and same with all the other young guys like. Uh, my, our president, um, my junior year, he uh, you know barely played freshman year because he was behind two of our best players. Uh, so he barely got to play and he was going to step up. And, you know, we knew he was going to be good because he was already filthy, just didn't get his time. Um, so, you know, it was, it was tough losing those guys. But then, you know, we figured out, hey, like all these young guys, all of us that didn't get their minutes are, you know, good enough to to compete and and you know we looked at it that way and we grew and was able to succeed that way Mm -hmm.
0: all right so billy we'll get into it now we'll start we'll talk about that national title run so we'll continue continue on with that trend so for those who don't know in terms of trying to get there to nationals because it's not every every team's not there so like you said earlier so is it 20 teams that are there
1: uh 16 for oh 16 okay Okay, so you have 16,
0: 16 teams that are there for Division Three. So, you know, it's kind of big school, small school in terms of that for Ultimate. So, obviously, Bryant being in that small school category. So, you know, to get there, you have to play your games in the spring or whatever else, and that kind of, you know, sets you up for your rankings and stuff for sectionals. Yeah. From there, you have to make it out of sectionals. From sectionals, you go to regionals. From regionals, then from there, you know, it's you know a couple teams coming out. You know, you're playing in a tournament over the weekend. You have to win your certain amount of games to move on. Move on to the next one to move on to the next one. So, certainly, you guys were able to do that and make it move on to nationals. So, for you guys, you know, sectionals, regionals, you know, piece of cake. That's what you guys are supposed to do. That's what you guys did. Um, so, when you get to nationals that year, like you said, your goal that sophomore year in 2018, after losing all those starters from your freshman year, was just, we want to make it back. So, once you made yeah. it back and you kind of said you had that feeling like, all right, we might even be better. But so, what was your expectations going into that? Um, going into that nationals and what were the goals for the team?
1: Well, so first off, New England, we're lucky enough or unlucky enough to have you know five, six of you know the better D three teams. New England just has a strong region. um So it was us, Middlebury, uh and I I don't remember who the third team was that year. Uh, Bowden probably, us, Middlebury, and Bowden made it from New England, made it to nationals. But it was tough at regionals. Um, we had to play Middlebury in the game to go, the game to, to win. Uh, uh, no, actually, just the, game, just the game to go, the semifinal game. And that was a like, 13 to 12 victory in regionals. Just grinded it out off what, you know, we were the top two teams in the country, two of the top teams in the country. Um, so we grinded that out and then beat Bowden in the championship of regionals. And so that solidified us, you know, winning you know, the best region for overall for D3 solidified us as the one seed at nationals, and you know, just getting the one seed is we got it the year before too. So we we're like, okay, this year like we got it. we gotta play as the one seed, we gotta win this thing. Like this is our year now. Um, got to nationals, feeling feeling great. Uh, I was in Rockford, Illinois, landed in Chicago did the classic go to top golf and then uh and then drive to the hotel so we get there and then this is the first year uh, me and three other of the guys we found a local golf course rented clubs this is the night before nationals rented <laughs> clubs are playing golf like we send a video to our team and like for our twitter like other teams are probably preparing for nationals right now we're out golfing <laughs> and there we're you the- go we're the one seed doing that. Uh, and like one of the like ulti world reporters, like gets hold of the video and like tweets it out. And it was, uh, it was funny stuff. But, uh, so we get in, we're the one seed, uh, it's pool play at first. And we have Richmond, Oberlin, and, uh, you're you're two for three so far. Yeah. and, uh, And Georgia college. Yep. Uh, we beat Georgia College the first game. You know the score? No. 11-7.
0: Nah, you guys rolled. It was 15-7. See, before we were, before we were yeah, starting this. It was uh, way
1: too close. Yeah, way too close.
0: <laughs> so before, before we were starting uh, this interview, I was saying to Billy, you know, you know, if I'm interviewing someone for baseball, right? So the last episode of Tyler Dyson, it's a little bit easier to find stuff about a player who plays on the Florida Gators for, for baseball. It's a little bit easier to kind of find out you know, prep information for those interviews and to go through. So I'm thinking for this, I'm like, shit, like, what am I going to find on Bryant ultimate from two three years ago, winning a national title for ultimate, but lucky enough, the great staff over there at Bryant, right on the Bryant athletics page, you search it up, Bryant ultimate. You get a nice little rundown of the results at nationals. It's perfect. There are bullet points and everything. And so I can just go through and I have all the the winning scores, the game notes and everything like that. So that's why I knew that score was 15 to seven.
1: All right, Fifteen to seven. Then we play Oberlin. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the thirteen seed at the tournament. Thirteen seed. We were the one seed. We beat them. Did we even get to? I don't know. Fifteen to six. Fourteen to nine. That was the close one. Our closer one. Fourteen to one. nine. Okay, fourteen to nine. Uh, and from this point, we find out. You know, we're already we're already through as the one seed from our pool based on how the other matchups went. So once we find that out, we rest almost all our starters. Um, some just got a couple minutes just to like cool down basically. Yep. And so, so we, uh, we rest our starters against Richmond. They beat us. Um, but you know, we already clinched the first seed out of our pool. So we went our pool and then we find out later that night that we're playing Fellow New England team, boat in in the quarterfinals. So you know we find that out, and all day and the night before, you know all, all the morning of, we're saying, all right, let's just rip a quick boat in. We kept saying that exact phrase, <laughs> rip a quick boat in. Uh, actually, that so that night, funny story in the hotel, our fire alarm goes off at three in the morning, like the, the morning of quarter like the finals day, and goes off. And uh, you know we, we get the jo- get to the field early and make the joke that Bowden set off the fire alarms. Yeah, uh, because so like we we're, we we're pre- like we were pretty close with those guys, like knew a bunch of them, played played with them all season, played against them. Uh, so there ends up being a lightning delay, so the game gets pushed back like a couple hours. Um, so that like we were we already were warmed up, um, so that threw us off a little bit. And then made the field, you know, a little more moist, muddier. But I uh, kept saying, rip a quick boat and rip a quick boat. And we get to the game and demolish them 15 to two in the quarterfinals. Absolutely worked. And we ripped a quick boat. And I remember that score easily.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Billy, at this point, so you mentioned, so day one, you guys go through, you win your first two games, you do what you need to do to move on to day two everything like that. Then, like you just said, you ripped a quick quick and So 15 to two, you guys are feeling it now onto the semifinals. What are you guys feeling at this point? Are you feeling like you guys are playing your best ultimate as a team? Just what are sort of your thoughts kind of knowing how, you know, the year before you guys didn't get it done and now you sort of wanted to, you know, this was the year you guys thought you could do it.
1: Yeah. So like after winning that, we get to the same point we did last year um, or the year before rather. So, you know, we get into Bowdoin, we have the, the crucial, and I mean crucial rest the day before, not, be, not having to play our starters against Richmond. And then we beat Bowdoin 15 to two, you know, we get up quick, starters can rest again. So, you know, we have, you know, roughly a game, game and a half of rest for majority of our starters, which, you know, especially for me, crucial. That, like I'm just always injured. So I needed the rest. I played like two points against Bowdoin. It was awesome. and and, uh we get to the next game against the team that our coaches like was our coach was scared of he's like the one team i'm worried about is uh gop the gods of plastic and they uh they were good uh but you know we played our game um they played zone against us which is always a mistake because we only play zone so that's all we practice against basically um so we we beat them 14-9 I believe mm-hmm. yeah so we beat I caught the game winning one uh of that one I caught the game winning cash, a deep cut deep cut from the hammer spot um caught it we're moving on to our first national championship in a game that we know is between uh is between Middlebury who we had a tough game against in the regional semifinals and Air Force who you know they've another perennial like very good team they you know they're obviously very athletic um go to air force they they do their Mm push-ups um
0: they might be the one team that you know does a little more work in the gym than you guys
1: like like actually probably the one team that that does uh you know a little more working out than us but um so we, we we end up so we end up playing playing air force in the finals and, you know, that game, brightened, the day brightened up, but the fields were still super slippery, super muddy. Um, and obviously it was still, like, overcast. And
0: So and what's we, your mentality going into yeah, that? So yeah. national title on the line, you know, trying to secure the first one ever for the, for the Bulldogs, knowing, you know, you guys weren't there the year before. You get back, you lose all the guys. Now you're there, you have this chance against Air Force. It's going to be a tough game. Just what's your mentality going into that game? And how confident were you that you guys were actually going to be able to pull it off and get it done?
1: Yeah, I mean, we knew we could compete with the best of them. Um, we beat Middlebury before. We beat GOP. We, you know, beat. We handled Bowden easily. Um, you, even you know Oberlin and Georgia College were like some some decent teams. Um, we we you know we played well against good teams. Uh, and you know we knew we had to come out hot. Um, we're a team that you know is usually up in games, so we never really have to come back from games. Um, so we wanted to start out hot. And boy, did that not work out. <laughs> we store like trade points. The first, uh, you know, two points, and then they end up going up five one, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And half is at eight. Uh, so we're like, okay, we need to get some points. They were tearing apart our zone. It wasn't really working. So we switch up our zone. Call a timeout or like through one of the points. We switch up our zone, which we call Vander. Named after Vander Blue, the former Marquette basketball player, <laughs> and so because we learned the zone from Marquette, mm-hmm. so we start we start playing that, and they can't figure it out. Um, even even when you watch the YouTube videos, that's like post game commentary. So they like you know had game notes and everything to go off of. They still didn't even realize at first that we were playing a different zone. So we were really sneakily playing a different zone and just started forcing turnovers, Uh, come back in the game. I think they took half 8-7. Yep. Um, So they took half, uh, and then it was just a battle again. Um, You know, a lot of back and forth. They took their time on offense. We were playing that zone that allows them to pass it a lot. So they were, uh, you know, moving it around, but we were getting turns. Um, And eventually it gets to 10-10, and the time and I'm going to
0: stop you right there for one second Billy so again just for the people listening um yeah we got to build the suspense the suspense yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah so for the people listening um in terms of ultimate you play generally to a set score and you have kind of a timer that's going along with it you have a soft cap eventually and then you have a hard cap so when it gets to hard cap that means the, the next point wins so Billy over at nationals what is um what are the hard cap in soft cap um sets? Do you remember
1: I'm so bad with hard cap and soft cap. I never know what's going on. Um, but soft cap is uh, when it goes off, it's plus two from, from whatever the leading score was. So we, we scored at soft cap at nine, and uh, that means it goes to 11. So the game was to 11. Um, hard cap is, you know, whatever it goes off the, the next, you know, if, if it's nine, eight, it's like first to 10. Um, and you're playing so yeah, for hard, like
0: over an hour. So it's like, hard, you know, the games sorry, are going on for a while.
1: Hard cap is when it's yep. tied. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Games are going on. Yeah, the time limit is, I think like for nationals, it was like an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half. So, yeah, so you're grinding out these minutes. games. Yeah, and it's, you know, sprinting in some muddy ground for an hour and a half, basically. Um, yeah, so uh goes off. We score or they score. I really don't remember that order. So now it's next point wins because the game was to 11 They're pulling to us. They're throwing the disc to us. We're starting on offense. So I'm walking out there. And, you know, usually most points I have, like, a little bit of butterflies. Like, I'm, I'm confident, but, like, oh, it's just a little nervous before the point. Um, nothing, like, game, uh, you know, detrimental to my game. Just, like, all right, this is a point. Nothing. I had nothing then. Just pure confidence. Just pure confidence heading into game point, winner take all for the Nationals. Uh, and I catch the disc, uh, the disc falls to the feet, but I, I grab the disc. I was the designated pole catcher. I throw it to Cam. Uh, Cam gets it to freshman uh, Ryan Donovan. Donovan gets it back to me. And then I have the disc for nine seconds, and the stall count is 10. So once it gets to the T in 10, that's a turnover we're pretty close to our end zone. So I'm just thinking, okay, I have no one open. I just need to get it downfield. So I like, you know, try to whip a flick downfield. It comes out super like bladey, but pretty vertical. And our grad student, Austin Kelson, our deep, who is playing on basically a torn hamstring at this point, jumps up and Odell Beckham's the catch about 20 yards from the end zone. So he has that, gets up after an injury call from the other guy. and. Paul's his first time out in his five-year career, biggest time out of his five-year career. And so we're thinking, get the disc to Tux, or get for Stin, get the disc to Cam first, our best handler, had a, basically won his nationals with his polls. We get the disc to Cam, and then Cam get the disc to Tux in the end zone, and we win. So Stin gets the disc to Cam. Cam doesn't have anyone open. I make a strike cut. He tosses a lefty backhand to me. I have to lunge for it one-handed, grab it out of the air. We're like five yards from the end zone. Tux is perfectly timed cut right to the front corner of the end zone. And I botched the throw. I throw it. <laughs> it floats up, goes behind him. And thank God I had Tuxy there to, to read that disc. He turned right away, ran to the back of the end zone, jumped up and caught it and and that was I got the chills talking about it right now. And, and that was that that was you know game winning point for the national championship. Unreal. So when you make that
0: throw, the second you let go, do you realize, oh shit, I might have fucked up in this throw, like he's gonna have to make a really good play to make this catch? Or could you just see it come on that he was gonna be able to read the disc and make the play?
1: I really wish I could remember what I was thinking right away. I I knew like right when he was open. I was like, okay, this is the easiest throw ever, so I just kind of relaxed it, and yeah, the wind just took it up in the air, um, and I, I, I think I just like went mindless. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, like anything can happen right now, but he turned right away and went out and got it, and you, you know, you have to watch that 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 part because it's he catches it and we all start going crazy, and it, it was awesome.
0: So you win that national title, the first ever in Bryant history. What are you thinking in that moment? Just kind of what's going through your head? Like you said, you work so hard, you know, from freshman year to sophomore to get to that point, you know, a grind of a tournament, you know, like ultimate is you're playing numerous games a day. So to actually get there, you know, universe point, you guys come out, win it. What's that experience? What's that feeling like when you win a national title?
1: Um, You can't really describe it in words. Like, you know, some people like try to, Put you down was like uh, it's like a 3 ultimate title, but like it's still a national championship. Like we were the best team in the nation that year. Um, so you know, I was, I still like have no idea how to describe that feeling. Like pure joy and like so proud of my guys and, and myself, and you know, being able to face that adversity of being down five one the first time our team's really faced adversity. We lost one other game uh, in regionals, got blown out by Bates. And, like, once we started going down, we were just like, all right, like, we lost this game, whatever. And, you know, having that same adversity in the national championship game and being able to turn that around, like, incredible feeling. Um, And, you know, it's too hard to describe still. It's, you know, once in a lifetime experience. Like, I would obviously now, out of college, never get that chance again. Mm -hmm.
0: So, Billy, um, did nationals happen after, like, you guys were done for the semester um, over at Bryant?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, finals happen and we're there for a little bit of uh, what's known as senior week. And the ultimate guys, nationals is during our graduation. So the ultimate guys get to have a little special ceremony. Um, Usually the baseball players, because they're in the postseason as well, are involved too. So it's usually uh, the ultimate guys and the baseball guys just have a little like, you know, 30, 40 minute ceremony. Um, and then, you know, we're off like the next day, um, off on a plane to wherever nationals is. Um, but yeah, school usually ends and we're there for a couple days, uh, after, you know, everyone's last final.
0: So my follow-up question to that is, so say you win, you know, in like a college football title, right? You know, you win it, whatever, then you're going back to campus after that, you know, you still have the rest of the semester or like the spring semester or basketball, you win it all you know, you have the rest of April, whatever you're feeling like hot shit. You just want a national title, but for you guys, you know, you guys win it. You're not going back to campus after. So when you came back in the fall, were you kind of walking with a little bit of a swagger to you? Like, yeah, I'm a national champion now, or were you just oh, like, yeah. yeah, no one, no one knows, no one cares. Like it is what it is.
1: Yeah. No, oh no. I mean, obviously like no one really knows We're you know, we're a club team at a D one school. Um, no, no one really knew, but you know, we got these, you know, national championship shirts. And we'd always walk around and, you know, the, the, the word like would get around that, you know, that we were national champions, but, um, you know, didn't, didn't really care too much. Like I, I didn't care that, you know, if people knew we were national champions, like we we were national champions, that's something that, you know, they can't, couldn't take away from us. So, uh, you know, it was a good feeling obviously walking back and obviously, you know, getting back on the ultimate field. We had, we had a lot of confidence with us.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Billy. And the last question I have for you. So we talked about, you know, about Ultimate for an hour plus now, ad nauseum, just getting after it. So for you, what does Ultimate mean to you? What did it mean to you to be able to play at Bryant? Can you describe in words just what it meant to you to actually be able to play Ultimate and be able to do so for Bryant University?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just really awesome to have a sport that I really enjoyed at at a college that, you know, fortunately was was good at it. Um, So, you know, in the end, it was awesome just to be able to, you know, stay in shape and run around. But, you know, got the perks of also having a, a really good Ultimate team and, you know, a lot of good friends of mine now forever. So, uh, obviously, a great experience. Like, I, you know, I don't think there's any, like, club sport in the country that, you know, someone would complain about if they love sports and love that sport. So, uh, you know, it was great to play for Bryant, too. Like, being at a, a, a great school and, you know, a great school for Ultimate was, was you know, perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, Billy, you certainly got me fired up, you know, talking about Ultimate. Now I want to go out there and play again because it's been a little bit for me. But hopefully for everyone who listened to this episode definitely got, you know, a little bit of taste of what Ultimate's about. If you didn't know what it is and if you already knew what it is, hopefully you got to, you know, experience some of the good moments that Billy and the guys had over there at Bryant.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a per- perfect time and really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed talking about it.
0: Yeah, no problem. Always a good time. I thought this episode was super interesting, just because again, like, how many how many frisbee national champions am I gonna have on this podcast? I know I have to get the third national champion now in a row to you know yeah. keep the streak going. But just in, like ultimate, such a very unique sport. It's very you know different in terms of you know it is competitive, but you're still at the club level. But it's a very nice in between, and it's such a great sport for anyone who's kind of looking for you know that next thing. Hopefully, post pandemic, when people are out there playing and stuff again. But, Billy, once again, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I had a great time talking about Ultimate.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. No problem.